Let's not fight today, guys. That's what, <laughs> that's what, we, that's what we said last week. <laughs> Yo, listen, man. The desires we want to do, <laughs> we don't do. <laughs> what I will not to do, that is what, what the, I do. You know, what we want to do, we don't do. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's what that was Paul's struggle. That <laughs> <laughs> was so. <laughs> and I think it's coming out in this uh, 80s episode. <laughs> that, that was that was so. <laughs> if, if, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yes. This is the Norm Park Podcast. Oh, that's what's where four guys just read the Bible and talk loud over each other. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the Holy Spirit. Yo, if you saw last week's episode or if you heard it. Yo, type what your uh, viewpoint is, all right? Chill, chill. We're interested to hear what you guys have to say. We or might you, not be able to respond, but... Well, you could just say hi, guys, you know? Just say hi, <laughs> yo, you like, know? Like and subscribe. How yeah, man. Yo, yeah. And comment. Just be like, yo, hi, guys, you know? I watch. Yo, we, keep, we keep neglecting <laughs> the call to action. Like and subscribe. Yo, like, listen up. Listen up. Here we go. <laughs> this guy... Don't. <laughs> the next time you see this or you hear this, I need you to share it with a friend. All right. The gospel must go forth. Be part of it. You know what I'm saying? This is a ministry that all of you guys could be part of by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your co-workers. Don't be ashamed of the word, man. It's yo. We're here to get the gospel out here. We're not here to get famous. And I hope you guys understand that. That's mm. that's not what we're here for. We love the word. Um, true revival happens when people fall in love with the word of God. Mm. All of this nonsense that's going on, these new little movements, with deliverance ministries. Tell and, them why you mad, Ange. And, all, and all, all these things, everybody wants to see a sign and a wonder. Mm. Yo, get into that word. Get into the word. There, there is no better feeling in this world that when you're spending quality, intimate time with God reading his word and, 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 and the Holy Spirit hits you. And the tears start falling because the, the 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 verse that you read for all your all of your life now it has meaning mm. because the Holy Spirit brought it to life, illuminated it to your spirit. There's no better feeling than that. Go hey, out there. You uh, want to cast out demons? Do it. Do do what you got to do in your spare time because the, the word says. Oh, well, I've got a story. You know, the word says that um you know you know people will go up to the lord and say i cast out demons in your name and he was like yo depart from me i never knew you right. get into your word big facts are, are you talking about that story? no 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 you don't gotta share you don't gotta share it dog you yeah, ain't gotta share the old dokin story <laughs> but, but i do have a share one story though with nice. a the, with a with a little bit of a struggle and then the lord revealing something to me so I'm at a gas station. I don't know if this brother is listening. He might be listening because I got a chance to share with him. But um, so I bump into this guy and I'm putting gas in my car. And I said, this young dude comes out of his car, you know, and he's, he's about to put gas in his car. And I, and I start wrestling. I'm like, should I, should, I, should I share with this guy? Should I talk to him? And the Holy Spirit's kind of prompted me. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't want to do it. So now the flesh is kicking in. Nah, it's late at night. We just got out of Bible study. I'm tired. I just want to go home and go to sleep. It's like 9.30. So, so I'm just putting gas. I'm like, nah. Then I'm like, and I'm just looking for somebody. The Holy Spirit just kept on kind of like prompting mm. me. 
And then all of a sudden, I said, you know what? I'll just hit him with a track or something and just and just be on my way. So, a gospel light. <laughs> yeah. <I> just, <laughs> Not gospel cause, heavy. Because a lot of light. times what I do, like in the gas station, you know where you put in your card. So while I'm, if there's no one there, especially, you know, I'll just like go in and put like tracks because I have these tracks that are the size of credit cards and I put it inside all the... <laughs> The gas oh, station, the way they put the credit card. So a person called vandalism. Called vandalism. <laughs> what if you break the machine, dog? <laughs> that don't that don't concern you. you. Out, you out, you out. That don't concern. You. So, so you know, so the person have to pull it out, mm. and you know, so and then, oh, Jesus is king, whatever. Then you know, so, so what happened is that he's coming out, and and he looked. I was like, yo, you mixed. I couldn't tell what he was. I didn't know if he was Spanish, if he was you know black, white. I didn't know exactly. He looked kind of Asian. I was like, yo, you Filipino. So I I, I got into a quick conversation with him, and then. I was like, yeah, he started telling me. I was like, all right. And I was like, hey, on your free time, here's something for you to read. So I pass him the track. He looks at it, and he goes, yo. He jumps over the the cord of the gas station and comes right up to me. And I said, oh, boy. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm already remembering the experience I had at Starbucks. The guy tried to, you know, beat me down and, you know, at the sneaker store. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> so he steps, and he goes, Yo, this, this, this must be divine. This is a divine point because you know what? It's just recently I've been trying to see if I could get right with the Lord, and mm. I've been I've been trying to like, how do I get closer to God? I mm. just started reading the Bible again, you know, because younger I was a little bit more, you know, into it, going to church with family, and I totally fell off. Mm. And I looked at him, I was like, Lord, this was you when I was rebelling. Not wanting to talk to him. And here it is. This dude was totally open. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I got a chance to talk with him. We shared and got into it. Exchanged numbers. And he's like, yo, I'm going to hit you up. Ended up hitting nice. me up and all of that. Wow. Yeah. That's so dope. I was like, and he was such a blessing. But to know, like, I was struggling yeah. with, with my flesh. Yeah. Although I'm saved. Yo, I was struggling. What's wrong with this guy, man? <laughs> Sound like Saul. <laughs> Yo, but that that just reminds me, like <laughs> Ralph always got the stories about evangelizing and things like that. Yo, I don't remember ever someone coming up to me talking about Jesus while I've been saved, which is a sad thing because that mm -hmm. means that there's no no one's evangelizing. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to do a better job, bro. Nah, man. You know what I realized, dog? Those things only happen to Ralph. I used to feel the same way as you do, but Ralph is just stuck. He bumps into people in the weirdest places, people that don't want to see him. They always bump into him, and it's divine, dog. It's just this something that the Lord has something with Ralph, and I'm glad that he's obedient. But Ralph mm. always gives these wild stories how he be meeting people. I be like, dog. He, I think, now, nah, honestly, you know what? I think you are right, Angelo. Ralph do be looking for smoke. Yeah, <laughs> he looked for trouble. Yo, I mean, but what yeah, are he's the a troublemaker. He does look for three percent of Christians yeah, actually right. share their, their their faith with people. Yeah, you're right. Ralph like, yo, does look for trouble. That's out of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you know, as a whole, you know, we're hesitant. We could do better, but I, I think it has to be an I thing. You know what I'm saying? What, what do you mean an I thing? Like we, it's it's personal. Like we have to make ourselves more open to the spirit it's not like I, I understand what you're saying but i'm not gonna put it on we like it always has to be accountability accountability for my personal self like i we have to start saying i have to do better 
Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I have no, to. No, we as Christians, I'm just saying, have to do a better job. We're one body. The Lord tells us that we got to make disciples of all men. And so, some people do it on social media. I get it. You know, but there's something different about talking to somebody in person about God than just sharing a meme and thinking that you you, you did your job. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's. um. No, I, I agree with you. It takes courage, bro. It takes courage. It takes um, faith. Yep, all of that. And just being open and listening. And you could yeah. say, nah, I ain't going to do it. Nah, it's too late. I'm tired. Like, it happens I think the, the biggest time. fear is rejection a lot of times. You know, Christ- Christians, you know, I know I speak personally. You know, sometimes you just you have a fear of being rejected, of somebody, you know, mm. rejecting you, cursing you out you know looking you looking at you a certain way and that's all the enemy you know that's all the enemy because at the end of the day i think ralph's uh, point was beautiful how the the guy was like yo i was i was looking for it Mm. you know i was i I was you know i was i hope god would send me somebody and that's the that's the struggle and at the end of the day it's a faith thing that you have to have faith that you know one man plants the next man waters that you you fit somewhere there whether you're going to plant or you're going to water, you know, God is going to give the increase. But you got to understand that this is about God and this is his plan and you play a part. And, you know, even Jesus calls us, you know, co-laborers. We're co-laborers with Christ. So mm. just to think that, you know, the Lord has chosen us to work alongside him. I think that's the I think that's what Christians have to fall in love with. Not that just necessarily the fact that you're just going out there spitting the gospel and all of that but you get to work alongside jesus and you know uh further his kingdom and i think that has to be on the forefront and when you start to look at it like that it removes the fear of Mm. being rejected or whatever else you know one of the things that actually helped me is that i was listening to this one dude this guy named greg coco and he kind of like went into it in terms of sharing he said one of the biggest setbacks why a lot of christians don't share their faith with others because they they put a pressure on themselves thinking that I have to share this gospel and get them saved and get them saved. I have mm-hmm. to get them to repent, mm-hmm. accept Jesus Christ and yep. be baptized. And if I have a cup of water from a water fountain, I have to dunk him and, you know, sprinkle him and get him baptized right then and there. Yeah. So now so now you have this trepidation already like, oh, I meet this guy. Oh, I have to give him the full gospel and he has to repent and be saved right then and there. But then he said that like going doing during his walk, he realized that. He can't do everything. Like you said, one man plant, one man water, and God give the increase. Mm-hmm. So he realized that, hey, my whole goal, and this is what he said, is that I just want to put a stone in someone's shoe. You know, I want to make them uncomfortable. I want to give us give plant a seed. I want to plant a seed. I may not give them the whole gospel, but I'm gonna get them thinking about God, think about Jesus, and then somebody else is probably gonna come and give them another piece and another piece and another piece to the point where it's like, yo, then the the picture of the gospel, this person will may respond to it mm. because so many people came into his way because God is God is faithful <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so he's gonna get his word to who he's gonna get his word to you know and and I think that's what it is is that I'm, I'll, I'm looking to plant a rock make someone uncomfortable or you know have someone think about something so that when somebody else comes they could put another rock or and it continues and it just builds so now if you have think of it just that oh I just play a small piece I just have to get them to think about something. Then you don't have that pressure that, oh, I have to get right. them to repent, right. believe in Jesus right now. And That's then, what it was. And, and denounce all other religions, denounce That's all That's what lies. it was with me. Like oh, when yeah. I used to, yeah, 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 when I used to evangelize, it used to be like, 
you want them to repent right there. And if yeah. they didn't or they, they had some backlash or they rejected yeah. you, you felt like you failed. Yeah. And that's not, you know, it's not until I read that scripture where Paul was like, one man plants, the next man water, but God gives the increase. And I realized it's not my job to save you. You know, I can't save you, even if even if I, even if I could. Like, it's Jesus. Jesus is the only person that can reveal himself to you. So I played a part. And once I realized that, exactly what you said, it was easier for me to just be like, whether I'm planting or watering, I don't know. But like you said, I'm just playing a part in this bigger picture. But God, at the end of the day, I realized that it 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 fell on prayer. Like I had to go to God because he's the only one that gives the increase. So the real, the real, the real, the real uh, uh, evangelizing was really prayer. Yeah, I can give you the word and all of that, but also to continue to pray for that person that you, you know, shared the word with because it's only God that gives the increase, bro. And even in your life, all right, it might not be a word outward. It might not be quoting scriptures, but is your life represent mm. God? Mm. Is is your life, your character glorifying, you know, Jesus? Um, and that alone can affect your surroundings. Yeah. Right? Because we understand who's living inside of us and who's enabling us and who's giving us the strength and the power, which is what Paul gets into in chapter 8. Right? Now we're introduced into um, the way that you live. Mm. Right. How um, you're able to please God. Right. And if you're walking in, in faith in that God is powerful enough to use you in any way. Right. Even without words to mm -hmm. affect the surroundings like we really have to. And I think Paul gets one in this chapter. It really puts into perspective how great how powerful god is like mm -hmm. we i don't get it right you know what i'm saying like i do not get paul when he's talking about yo the spirit you're in jesus christ and jesus christ lives in you mm -hmm. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah so that's what we're talking about like right. and paul is, is is gonna unpack this and if you really sit down and think about it the ramifications of what that really means, mm. bruh, that's when you're like, hmm. yeah, you're right. on your face, humble. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes understanding, dog, when I went into chapter eight, that's when I understood better chapter five, rejoicing and tribulation. Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. Chapter right. eight brings everything home. Paul is like, yo, this is nothing. Yeah. What you going, like, yo, man, you can't even compare it. So this Holy Spirit that's living inside of us. And, you know, we finished last week with. Uh, uh, <laughs> we ain't finished seven, we, though. We didn't finish seven. We, we had 21. Seven. Yeah, we, we got to do 21 to 25. All right, so let's just get into it. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> 21. You can start at 21, Ange. Go to 25. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. 
O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't really want to get into <laughs> like, what Nobody we did last start? week, <laughs> but I, see, I, I think the end of it right here sums it up. He says, with his mind, he's serving God and he delights in the law of the Lord. <laughs> But with the flesh, truncated that the law of sin. <laughs> there's a there's a battle. This is oh, what I man. see here, and Read you don't have say to that see again. It. with his mind. He what? Says with with the mind, mm -hmm. I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. <clears throat> so what I what I see here is um, the life of every Christian, whether you're. Uh, an early believer or whether you've been saved for 10 or 20 years, there's going to be seasons in your life where you struggle with sin. If you're, if you're not constantly in the word, which is, it's difficult to do that 24 seven for the rest of your life. We're just being you know real here. And when I read verse 14 to the end, I see a Christian who is Holy spirit filled, who wants to do good, who wants to please God, but the flesh where sin dwells and that we will always have sin in us until the day that we die and the Lord completes the sanctification process. There will always be sin in us, dwelling in us, trying to, to, to bring us back into the captivity that we once were before Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I see. Okay. All right. Still in the vein of Paul re recounting his experience as Saul trying to achieve the unachievable through mm. the law in context with the whole chapter, him realizing this sin nature is present in him, right? Because the law already revealed that, right? The 10th commandment. Mm -hmm. The 10th commandment killed him because it revealed like, yo, you're a sinner. Your nature is sin, right? But he has a desire to please God, right? But And he delight in the law of God, the Mosaic law. He's talking about the... the He's talking about the law, right, and his inward man. But obviously that struggle, right, he's describing to those Jewish believers, relating to them, right, after he told them that, listen, yo, you're not under the law anymore, he goes into a personal testimony of how his life was when he was trying to fulfill the law, when he was doing these things, and he realized he couldn't. That's when he reached the point where he says, oh, wretched man that I am, you know what I'm saying? And... um that was the battle. The battle was him trying to do it. And that's where it ends. In defeat and hopelessness and um and condemnation and all of that. That's where it ends. So that's where yeah. I'm at. That's all I have to say about <laughs> right, that. Cool. Okay. Yeah, um and I kind of see with the whole uh, with this whole battle that we read last week. Uh, you want to do good but can't do good. You know, and then the bad that you don't want to do. That's what you end up doing. And then he realized it's because that sinful nature is still alive and beating in him. All right. Um, so that that's where I think um, this whole struggle that he is facing, I think it is that because um, a fallen man, he has only he only functions under one capacity. The only capacity he functions is, is in uh, the fallen nature where he 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 delights in sin he looks forward to sin he he save up money 
force his sinning. You know, he saved up money for that Friday night for him to get drunk, for him to drug, for him to go and smash all the women without, you know, without recourse. You know, he delights, he enjoys that, he looks forward to that. There is no struggle because he is fully dead in his sins. So, but then when a person gets saved, now it's like, oh man, um, I don't delight in this. I, I delight in God. I want to do what's right. And um, I want to live according to this way. And he's seeing, and I'm, Paul is, I think Paul is seeing now he's saved and that he's seeing the struggle where this sinful nature doesn't go away. It's still fully yep. existing, fully alive. And the only way, the only time that fallen nature gets removed is through glorification. So now he realized, okay, I've been just, I'm saved, but now I can't, I see this, I want to do good, but why am I still struggling? And just in the application, I remember first getting saved and go through that immediate honeymoon period. I think all this is awesome. And I remember my coach said, yeah, you think you're good? <laughs> <laughs> I, let me tell you, I remember these conversations driving down Flatbush, especially when I just got my range and like, I'm like elated, like, oh my goodness, I... The gospel, I've been washed by the blood. Yo, let's just, and I remember one specific day, and I was like, Mike, don't you just want to go out here and just share the gospel with everybody? Let's just grab it and just shake them. Give them Jesus. <laughs> and Mike looked at me, okay, madman. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're good. So, and I remember clearly, he's like, don't worry, you will see. And then, and I saw that battle rise in me. I mean, I remember like first, you know, still fornicating and then not realizing it was wrong, thinking it's good. Then my wife got convicted and says, yo, we shouldn't be doing this. And then what happened? You guys and one of my boys, I remember calling him and he brought me straight to the word, 1 Corinthians 6. And then it convicted me. And I was like, oh, we shouldn't be, we gotta be, you know, celibate until marriage. And I had to come to the Lord, like, help me. Mm. You know, and after that process, and I think, oh, wow, that, you know, now I was able to be, you know, uh, he freed me from. I was liberated that you know I don't have to commit fornication. I get to be celibate and worship the Lord with my body and use my body to produce works of good fruit. And then I saw that lust. There's still that battle. I'm like, yo, it's still here, right. <laughs> you know. And I and I and I have to cry out to the Lord to continue to work on that right. because now it's even a higher thing. Not just the body now. It's in the mind where I still my eyes are. You know, I have to get the Lord to continuously sanctify that. So I don't know. That's that's, and I think it's important to to note to anyone listening or watching, if there isn't a constant battle going on and you're sinning, and and there is no um, conviction, conviction, then that's a good sign that the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you. Mm. There has to be this war between good and evil inside of you. Do you guys agree or no? Not. I totally. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. part of sanctification. I mean, yeah. when you're being sanctified, well, you're going to be. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He is going to convict there you. There has to be. Well, along I mean, I, your walk. It's not to say that you're going out there to sin because Paul clearly states that, you know. But again, you're not perfect. You know, it's not yeah. until we're in glory where we have new bodies, we're going to be perfect. But there's going to come, you know, times in your walk where the Holy Spirit is going to convict you. You know, like, you know, you're going to have pride. You're going to have anger. You're going to have lust. Those things are going to arouse in your heart. And, you know, that's why I'm looking at that's what Paul is like. This is what the Lord does. It it brings it out and it also provokes it. You know, even just hearing it, you know, this is what your this is how your flesh is. This is the sinful nature. 
and the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm just glad like w when we get to eight, this is what the spirit does, you know, but the Holy Spirit, he's going to convict you. You know, 100%. he's supposed to convict you because he's holy and you're not. So when you're not aligned with God, the job of the Holy Spirit is to bring you back into a realignment. Yep. The thing is, I, I wouldn't frame it like that. Right. Like an absolute. You have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't things. say that. Because Paul, and I think that's what Paul is doing, right? When he's writing to this church and he's writing to these Christians and he's breaking down to them like, yo, you have peace with God and you have peace of God. So if you're, you're not supposed to be struggling like that because you have all the resources you need not to do that. That's, that's what he kind of gets into in chapter eight. We have Every single resource in our power, even if you go into Ephesians, he get into it. You have every resource in heaven in order for you to live this blessed, joyous, abundant life. Abundant life. No, you just don't do it. But yeah, but it the is the reason. But the reason of, of Christians that live that the, life. No, I, I mean just, I don't know. The no, I'm just saying it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. The reason that specifically for this church i'm like yo you guys probably don't understand this let me show you let me unpack the gospel for you right so that's why yeah i agree but i wouldn't make an absolute statement and say yo if you're not struggling yeah 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 then yeah no, 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 you're I supposed mean, to feel yo as christians we're supposed to no, no, be no. filled with joy i don't and let me rephrase i don't mean if you're not struggling you're in your word and you, no no that's all good but what i'm i'm talking to the person who's out there living a life of sin right and is not being convicted, but thinks they're a Christian. That's what, yeah, that's what he's so saying. Is that's that person saved? Huh? Is that person saved? But that's what I'm saying. So you're probably not saved. That's what I'm trying no, to tell people. No, that's what he people. was saying. That's what he it's was like saying. It's like if if you're saying you're Christian, but you're out there doing what what, what the word tells you not to do, and there's there no, isn't that no fight, conviction, that right. struggle, like, oh, I want to do good and I messed up, then you got to check yourself. Right, that's what Because you might not be saved. I don't mean that Christians can't live an abundant life. No, that's not what I right, meant. Right. But I, this is more, my heart is for the lost. Right. So I'm just, I just want people to know, like, check yourself if you don't have that conviction. If you just smashed last night and, and you went to church and you all good, check yourself. Because some, the Holy Spirit is not convicting you for a reason. Right, it's supposed to be a conviction there. That's what he's. That's, that's what, what he's saying. Because you say have that. the Holy Spirit in you. So when you go against God, there's supposed to be a conviction. When you fall short, there's supposed to be a conviction. That's right. that's what that's what yeah, he's yeah, saying. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get into it. Verse eight. Mm -hmm. I mean, verse uh, chapter eight. Right? Yeah, yeah. So who? So oh, no, no, no. Real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it says twenty four. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he realized it wasn't the law. It wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It was who. Mm. You know, it was who. So you know, it, it didn't matter. You know how many laws he tried to keep, how many things he tried to do to put himself in a right standing with God. The only person that can do that is Jesus Christ. And you know, um, I think the the word wretched here is like when a man is um, exhausted from labor. You know, like tired of doing something, like right. just exhausted from trying to do something. And this is why I see it, me personally, seeing that a man trying to do something in his own strength. Right. 
you know, Paul was trying to be right with God in his own strength. And he thought by doing the law, he could, he could, the law exposed that he was a sinner. The Lord not only exposed that he was a sinner, but the law exposed that he had a sinful na uh, nature that it provoked him to rebel against the law of God. And he realized the only thing that can deliver him from just being in his own strength and trying to please God in his own strength was Jesus Christ, was focusing on Christ. And as we get into eight, he starts to unpack, you know, what the, the Christ did with the Holy Spirit, sending the Holy Spirit and all the stuff the Holy Spirit, like you said, have available to us if we yield to him. See, and the interesting thing, I love the point when you said that um, with this whole struggling old wretched man that he is, and um, eh, is that some people would say, oh, Paul was weak here, all right? And this is why he was struggling or whatever. But the, actually the problem is that he wasn't weak enough, you know? Because when you really find out your, your true weakness, you will not struggle and you will yield to the spirit. Right. So there was an example this missionary had, had given where he was on a cruise ship and um, and on the cruise ship, somebody fell overboard and nobody on the ship knew how to swim. But there was this one dude that knew how to swim. And um, so everybody was telling him, yo, save him, save him, jump in, save him. And he was just standing there and everybody was watching this guy struggle and fight and struggle and fight and struggle and fight. And he wasn't going anywhere. So everybody started attacking him, telling him how selfish, how evil you are. How could you not? And that's why he just stood there. And the second this guy uh, was in the that fell overboard, stopped struggling, and he couldn't beat anymore, then he jumped in the water and saved the guy. Mm. And then everybody started cursing. It was like, yo, why, why took you so long? This dude was about to die. What, how come you just didn't jump in and help him? And that's when the guy said, listen, I'm not a great swimmer. Right? You don't understand. I'm not a great swimmer. If I would have jumped in and tried to help him while he was still fighting and splashing around, he would have took me down right. and I would have drowned with him. I had to wait for him to be completely exhausted mm. with all the struggling and fighting. Now I could come in mm. and save him. So, and that's one of the examples is that, you know, Paul wasn't weak enough. He was trying to do it in his own flesh. That's how come you see all these personal pronouns within the last half of the seventh chapter, mm -hmm. you know, 47 times, I, 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 I me, I, me, right, me, right, myself. Right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this in my strength and mm. in my flesh. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's what, he is, that's what he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Right, I'm right? tired. And the interesting thing is that when they mention, like, I don't know if it's true, because I read one of the commentaries that um, with this whole, will relieve me from this body of death. I don't know if he was actually alluding to this or not, but one of the commentaries mentioned that in the olden days, one of the Roman law is that if a person commits murder, like, they would tie you up to the person you committed murder. So they would tie you hand to hand, you know, feet to feet, thigh to thigh, knee to knee, face to face. So now your punishment is that you have to carry this dead body, mm. you know, and that was your punishment until this dead body rot and mm. it infected you and you end up dying. Oh, mm. wow. So now it's like, so now this image, could you imagine this imagery that you have where if Paul is actually thinking this according to this Roman law, this death penalty type of law that he's like, yo, I'm tied to this dead body, this rotten body. And it's, it's in me, and I can't seem to get away from it. Mm -hmm. It's there, and I'm fighting him. How do I get rid of this? That's when, like you said, who, who right. is going to deliver me from that? And I think that's why he ends it that way. He points to Jesus Christ because only Jesus Christ could deliver you mm. from the body of death. All right, so let's get into chapter 8. All right. 
What do you want me to stop? <laughs> Your angel is excited. He's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to stop? This is your whatever. favorite chapter in the Bible, this, this right? Is one of the, this is the greatest chapter in the whole Bible. So where do you want to go? Um, nah, just read, read. All right. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Yeah, let's stop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think man. it's important to stop there because yeah. some people will look at that and say there's only there's only no condemnation if I'm walking in the spirit. You know what um, Galatians tells us to walk mm. in the spirit right. so that we don't, you know, f- fall into temptation and sin. But here, this is not saying that. This is saying for if you're a Christian, if the robe, the 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 righteous robe of Jesus Christ is on you spiritually, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then there's no condemnation mm. for those who are in Christ Jesus, um, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So that's what I see. Marcus probably doesn't agree. So let's, let's set it <laughs> oh, off. You, this guy said I want to start the fight. Listen, Paul. Paul is building on the foundations that he already established. Right? He already established that your standing is in righteousness. Like you're in a right position with God, infinitely. So now, this is in line with what he's been saying, right? So there, there's no condemnation. Who's going to condemn you? There's no divine con- condemnation because mm. Jesus Christ already took that, right? We just got, we just left the section where Paul was condemning him, himself. That shouldn't be happening if you're in Christ. He understands that. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And who's going to, the law is not going to condemn you. You're no longer under the law. So all those things that he already broke down, he was like, yo, if you're in Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. I agree. And he lays that out from the divine to personal. That's not how you should be moving. That's not your mind from you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. Now start behaving like it. Right. Start acting like the identity that you say you are. Right. That's why later on, he, there's a lot of ifs. In this chapter, if, would you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, right? If this is this and that, right? So now he's Paul is already laying down like understanding. You might have a a, a congregation where people are not really saved. Yep. Right. But he's laying down. He laid down the foundation. Now we're getting into the practical. We're getting into the sanctification part, dog. There's no condemnation. You gotta understand. You're in Jesus Christ. So it's in line to what he's yeah he's already no definitely yeah and like I said I just wanted to be specific because some people will see the end of that verse and say oh I I must be walking in the spirit living a life you know where I'm not sinning in order for there to not be condemnation because it could be a little bit confusing so if you're so if you're in Christ there's a contrast if you're in Christ then you should not be walking in the flesh like those two things are opposites they can't coexist right that's how i that's how i see it mm. so he's he's saying he's comparing to in christ to not in christ yeah i get that but because we don't see eye to eye on chapter seven mm. we're not gonna see eye to eye in this because i see this as a struggle with sin when you're struggling with sin it even it could be a season of a month two months three months you're not walking in the holy spirit and the power of the holy spirit 
So what I'm saying is some people will see verse one and be like, oh, there's only no condemnation if I'm living righteously. But what I see here is I see someone struggling with sin. And when Paul gets to verse one, he, he says, listen, even if you're struggling with this sin or with these sins, there is no condemnation because you are in Jesus Christ. And that's why I just wanted to be specific because there may be someone who doesn't understand the difference between condemnation and conviction, you know, and, and they're saved and they're feeling the con condemnation from Satan for because they're in a season where they're struggling right. with sin. So verse one does not pertain to verse one pertains to everyone who is born again with a regenerated heart. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to be clear on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. A quick anal analogy I wanted to, to mm -hmm. point out there, like when uh, uh, Ralph was talking about the speeding down the highway right and then you see the the actual um what is it the the speed limit and then if you're in, in like picture in driving in that car speeding the driver and then you and you're dead if the driver if the uh, the police pull you over what's going to happen to you if you're dead absolutely nothing right there, there's no penalty for breaking that that law because you're not under it anymore. So I just think that's it, it's an important way to think that even if we were in a car that was sinning, even if we sin, you know, fortunately by the grace of God, and this is not telling people to go sin and that it's going to be okay. I'm, I this, that's the last thing that we want you to to do. But if you fall short, we're no longer under that penalty of sin. We're no longer under the dominion of the law, and um, that's what so beautifully said here Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death yeah, that's a great um liberation I mean because uh, when when you really look at it like for example just taking an example of uh the like some of the Ten Commandments when people look at it as just a negative thing right oh thou shalt not kill thou shalt not you know commit adultery but now coming under the law of the spirit uh, is that now you have to see it totally different. It's like now uh, I don't get to, I get to, I'm free to not be in prison for committing murder. I get to be free for not getting chased by the husband of the woman I slept with and committed adultery, right? I get to be free and not being in prison for purging myself for lying. I get to be free. So the thing is that now you have a new insight, a new vision when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Now you have this this new nature that's um, that's allowing you to see it totally differently. And like just a quick example in terms of like I remember um, when I was younger and, and my parents, you know, we always had to have chores in the house. Right. And I hated it because I used to I used to be the guy they give the toothbrush to clean the bathroom tiles, right? <laughs> I used to be in there and you know we cursing, we upset. Me and my brother, we mad. He's doing the dishes, I'm doing the bathroom. So we each had a portion of the house, and I, and you know I'm with the toothbrush, you know, upset and mad, right? And because I was under the law that I gotta do this because my parents told me to do this, 
and I despise it. I get older, I'm dating a little shorty, shorty's coming to the crib, now I'm cleaning the house totally different. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, I get to clean this because someone is coming over. So now it's a new insight, a new outlook on the way I see it because now, you know, I have a new motivation mm. in doing it because now I'm not under the law that my parents gave me, but I have this new motivation where I want to please yeah, someone. That's a good point. So now when you get saved and now you fall in love with God, now it's like I don't have to do this to get into his right standing. I'm already in his right standing. I get to do this because I love him. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the law of sin, of the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He, he summarized chapter six and seven just in that one statement. Mm, yes. Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah. Amen. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of of sinful flesh on account of sin he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit Mm. so what could the law not do in the beginning of three right couldn't save us right no salvation I have a note here that says it, it pronounced judgment but could not save from sin. The problem with the law, Paul already admitted that the law is good. Yeah. The problem with the law was the raw materials the law had to work with, which is us. Mm-hmm. We were the problem in the law. Yep. All right? And the law wasn't designed to produce what it mandated right the law was telling you you have to be perfect in this standard but it wasn't equipped to give you the tools to be that Mm. it was the ministry of the law was to show you who you are your sinful nature and that you need a savior that Mm. was that was the ministry of the law right yeah you know what I'm saying? It didn't have the power the to Lord didn't have, have the power. you be right with God. It didn't have that power. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ. And who, that's why, yeah. You know, Jesus Christ, he fulfilled the law. And now we are in him. And because we are in him, we are fu- we f- also fulfill mm-hmm. the law. We don't fulfill the law because, you know, we follow the law. No, we, fu- we fulfill the law because we are in Christ. And it's Christ who fulfilled the law. So that's why, again, he focuses on Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and not only making us righteous, but also like making us holy, like this whole sanctification. Because the thing is that not only the law could not save us, right? Because it's just to show us, like you said, show us our sins, show, mm-hmm. our, show us our failures. But also that now, now that you've been saved, seeing that you are a, a filthy sinner, now this walk that you're about to walk, that now the law can't. The same way the law was weak that it couldn't save you, the law cannot cleanse you and sanctify you. So, it, mm. so now you need to be fully rested in Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Mm. The Holy Spirit now is going to his job is to make you look like Jesus Christ. And it's um very interesting now we see in this chapter we seen the spirit is being brought forth. It's I think it's mentioned about about like twenty seven times or something like that in this chapter, while before it was all I I. But here, so now he's saying this is not this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the great thing I like about this, he says, um he's in four, he said that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in you, not by you. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's in us that is being fulfilled. And this mm-hmm. is a verse that shows that, you know, Jesus Christ, when he was here, he walked perfectly. You know, because that's what it's saying. It says, for God has done what the law weak by the flesh, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You know, when Jesus Christ walked he walked a perfect life and he fulfilled the law. That's why even he said, it. he said, I didn't come to take away the law. I came to fulfill the law. Mm. And then when he, you know, he was crucified, death couldn't hold him because he totally fulfilled the law. He was perfect. Mm. So the law didn't have no power over him. So he condemned sin in the flesh. So this section right here, I, I go back to chapter three where it says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Mm being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ to all and on all so the plan was apart from the law the righteousness listen you can't you can't achieve justification by the law you can't be right by the law Mm -hmm. you can't be holy by the law and ultimately you can't be glorified by the law right that plan is separate from the law and that plan was revealed in jesus christ which is what paul broke down in chapter three and like kind of what you were saying jesus christ came in the likeness of sinful flesh right he wasn't inherently sinful in himself like paul realized i mean like saul realized in the chapter before <laughs> <laughs> you understand know what i'm saying he looked he he had flesh right, he yeah, looked the like flesh, us right. but the difference between him and everybody else that came from adam he was perfect inherently yep he was holy and he was perfect yep so he came in the likeness he looked just like us he his body functioned this exact same way and he was able to fulfill the demands of the law and that's yep. the that's the big beef that a lot of non-believers have with jesus christ you know oh how could a man just like me you know why would i worship a man who's just like me who was the, no yeah he came in your likeness he came in the likeness of flesh yes he was a man but again what separated him from us is he was perfect yeah. there was you know there was no sin found in him he walked perfectly and there's no man on earth beside jesus christ who can make that claim and that's why um when you read in the book of revelation you know he says the the um you know he's called the unblemished lamb you know, same thing with John. When John looked at him and said, look at the lamb who came to take away the sin of the world. You know, th- that's that's how he was seen after his resurrection. Like, yo, this lamb is, you know, he's unblemished. You know, he was found holy. He was pure. So to show that he walked the earth perfectly. He wasn't a man, just a regular man like me and you. Yeah, he came in the likeness of flesh, like you said, but he was perfect. Yeah. And not only, and I, it's very important that he sent that because there was already a whole bunch of false right. belief yep. that was already existed then, you know, with Gnosticism and Docetism, where they said that, oh, Jesus wasn't real, 
you know, or there's people that currently believe that he was some kind of ethereal, some spiritual, some spiritual thing, thing some right. spiritual, you know, uh, master, ascended master, and that he didn't have flesh. So he, God here clearly showing that no, he came in the flesh. So this is showing that that hypostatic union. He was a hundred percent man, hundred percent God, right? And that's how he was able to condemn sin in the flesh and right. bring that righteous judgment on it. And the important part is that we're in him. So when it says on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. What do you what do you guys think that's referring to? I see it as the cross. Yep. When you know it says he who who knew no sin became sin on our account. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know he was perfect, he was righteous, but when he was on the cross, you know, he was looked at as sin and the wrath of God was poured upon him. Mm-hmm. So and, does, oh, go ahead. I was I was going to ask. So where he says where it says he condemned sin in the flesh. Is that just talking about that Jesus did it as because we know he's 100 percent human, 100 percent God. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that referring to the 100 percent human? His flat, the flesh part. He condemned sin in the flesh. Like Mike said, the cross. Yes, I believe so. You see what I what I'm asking? Like, no, it, where where that says it right there. He condemned sin in the flesh. Why separate I, it? I, I, is, is that what I'm, I see it as? Jesus, Jesus died for who we are, and mm-hmm. for what we did. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that sin is is singular, right? So that nature, mm-hmm. that sinful nature that Saul realized in the end of chapter seven. <laughs> It has to be condemned. Right. You can't repair it. You can't fix it. You can't baby it. It has to be condemned. So Jesus came and died for what we are inherently. Yes. And also for what we did. That's when we were talking about that grace, that superabounding grace. Through his act, he was able. So I see that, like that nature, that Adamic nature. He came to provide a way to um, to condemn that. Like he literally condemned it to hell. Right. No, I I agree with you a hundred percent. Cause and that's why people just look at oh oh you you know because I sinned therefore I'm a sinner. We've mentioned that you know or you know uh I lied so therefore I'm a liar. No, you are a liar. That's why you lie. Right. You are a fornicator. <laughs> That's why you fornicate. You know, you are a thief. Word up. That's, That's why, why you, you, you steal. steal yep. So your right. inherent nature, that fallen nature, mm-hmm. that Adamic nature, is fallen, and it's uh, recluse, is uh, wretched, mm-hmm. and that you know. That's why he had to come fully as man and to take that that nature, and and that sin was placed on him, and that's how he became sin because he was perfect, and then he became sin, just like that picture of like you know the scapegoat, you know, all alluding to like. Leviticus and Deuteronomy and like how they had to take the sins and put it on the scapegoat and all these things and the mm-hmm. you know all the sacrificing so he took on that sinful nature because all that sin was put on him and then he mm-hmm. condemned it to the cross so that that's how I that's how I see it yeah. well you just brought up another question where you because you know the word says you know liars fornicators murderers they won't inherit the kingdom of God yes so what do you say to the Christian who committed adultery the christian who fornicated are they an adulterer or did they just commit adultery you know did are they a fornicator or did they just fall and fornicate 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. if the word says fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God, then that makes it seem like you got to live a perfect life. <laughs> so, so based on um, what Ralph said and based on what Paul has been going through, you have a new identity. Yeah. So now you're a saint. Now you're a child of God. And we understand that people sin. So because you so, so it's a new identity. Right. So the stuff that we're talking about here, you being a liar inherently, that was taken care of. That mm. inherent nature. That's why Paul is like, hey, listen, that that dead person, that old man, you have to continually keep it dying. Yeah, beat him down. Mm. And you have the resources to do that and the Holy Spirit. So no, you're no longer that. Right. You're no longer yeah. those you're things. You're a new creature. You're mm -hmm. a new creature. Right. Yeah. Everything is new. Everything but, is yeah, people fall and people mess up. Yeah. But right? that's what I was saying. Because yeah. the way you said it made it say, oh, you're, and I get what you you were yeah. saying. Like, oh, no, you didn't fornicate. You are a fornicator. You are a liar. No, because what happened is people but, think, the reason why Ralph said that, because people think, oh, just because I lied. I'm not a liar. No, no, I no, no, lied. I get you it. understand no, what I'm saying? I so understood that. He's just making it. He's showing you that no, that's who you are. That's why you did what you did. You understand yeah, what but, I'm saying? But the so person it, who hears that and then is a Christian and then no, it's not fornicate says, yeah, "Oh not, man, but, that's because but, I'm a fornicator." Yeah, but he's not talking. And the Christians. word says, "You know, fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of yeah, God." So but, that's why I'm just mm. trying to make it nah, clear. He's not, he's not talking to Christians though. He's yeah. talking he's to those to yeah the people, yeah, people who are not right. saved. And exactly right. that I understood that. And I think that's the important part of it right. is your mind being renewed yep. yep right if you're not if your mind is not being renewed in christ then there's a whole bunch of questions you could start asking right the, the top one being are you even is this holy spirit living inside of you right. and these are things that we we don't know we can't figure out but we read that once you're in christ you're going to produce fruit so yeah. that's always the evidence in somebody's life Right, somebody that probably I haven't seen in 15 years, they see me now. They're like, they'll probably be on YouTube, be like, oh, <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> this guy's the dirt, this guy's the dirtiest, talking, the dirtiest of the dirt bags of the dirt bag. Paul, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gonna see Roth. They gonna be like, yo, those remember those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now we say no. Bless me. I'm blessed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, yo, definitely. this is the fruit. I wouldn't be doing this before. Right on. The internet? You crazy. <laughs> Word up. I barely post pictures, dog. Nah, definitely. But we have to change our minds and walk in this new life and take hold of who we are, man. And I think Paul is like, yo, I read like when you go into Hebrews. Sometimes you can read Paul's like, frustration. Hebrews is the end, yeah. Like, Hebrews yo, man, yo, we got to keep talking, dealing with the milk. Like, you guys should be walking in this new life. And I think, you know, personally, I have to continue staying in the word. Continue. Sometimes you got to remind yourself. That's what it is. Because you're getting bombarded by the world. You got to get washed. So you might think, I'm that old man, I'm an adulterer, and you go mess up. But then the Holy Spirit is gonna be like, yo, dude. That's not who you are. You from heaven. Right. Yep. You're yeah. not from here. You born from above. Mm. Act like it. You yeah. saved? Act like you saved. And that's what it is. And that's what the word is supposed to do. That's why it's like it's supposed to wash you. 
mm-hmm. you know, because it's the filth of the world. You know, the world is gonna is gonna tell you this is who you are. The world right. is gonna try to place your identity. That's that's what the world is struggling right now with. It's identity. Mm. Everybody's struggling with their identities. Word. You know who they are, what they are. I was born this way. I was born that way. I was born to do this. I was a no. You know, then this is what Paul is saying. Yeah, everybody else is, you know, they can identify with this. But if you are a believer of Christ and you're born again, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And this is what he goes into chapter eight about our identity in Christ. Oh, yeah. Uh, five. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Big difference. It's very big difference between those that are in the spirit and those that are in the flesh. Big difference between light and darkness. Adam, first Adam, second Adam. There is a contrast and it should be evident. You know what I'm saying? And, hey. and as Christians, we got to keep. You might have lived 30 years as yeah. Adam, right. the first Adam, right. as a, 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 a natural, as a carnal person. There's a lot of habits. There's a lot of characteristics that's ingrained in you. But what Paul is saying is like, listen, you're not that person anymore. You're born from above and you have the resources so that you don't have to do these things anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? You could love God with your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor. That's it. The whole law rests on that. And you have the resources. That's, that's the important thing I want to stress. Like, you're, We have the resources to not... Uh, vex the Holy Spirit to not grieve the Spirit we have the resources and Paul gets into who that resource is because it's a person right. it's not a hammer and a, and a screwdriver it's a person and when you really meditate and consider who it is bruh yeah and it's and it, and it starts with the mind you know he says it so many times he says set their minds on the things of the flesh mm-hmm. according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death you know it's it's a it starts with your mind you know it starts with the mind frame that you have like you said is is you have to understand and this is why paul is writing the letter he's like i need you guys to understand this in your mental now when you get to understand it now you can set your mind on it and this is why reading the word of God is so important because it renews our minds. Right. You know, our mind, the things that we, the way we knew how to maneuver in this life before, that's, that's what the world taught us. That may, came from teachers and parents and music and school and movies. Culture. You have, right, culture. You have so many people that live their lives and, they ident- and this is the reason why they identify with certain things is because those are the things that taught them how to move. You have so many people that put their whole lives in, let's say, a musician, the the music of, of somebody. You know, somebody will drop an album, the whole world go crazy because this is those, whoever is listening to that, they're setting their mind on how that person think. You know, if that person tell you to go out and wild out, go shoot, go kill, go da-da-da, go steal, 
now you're wondering why society is moving the way it's moving. You have people that are setting their minds on the things that they're watching, on the things that they're hearing, on the things that they're reading. So this is why, you know, Paul is saying, yo, it starts with your mind and what are you setting your mind on? And this is, and if you start with the word of God, if you set your mind on the word of God, which is the things of the spirit, then you're going to be able to grow and move in the spirit. Yeah. So, yeah, because that's, that's amazing um, what you're saying. Like, we just seen this wonderful flow um, in chapter eight, because he's talking about like, there's no condemnation, then there's liberation right from uh from this law of sin and death and all these things um and then he goes in and says now there's this new exciting this new exciting obligation this new life that we receive in the holy spirit so i think it's truly like you're saying with the resources and what you're setting your mind to is knowing that we have god the spirit that helper that was sent to us and paul is stressing that he's given god the holy spirit has come in to indwell us in order for us to be able to live this life mm-hmm. so that we don't have to be moved by the things of this world, by that new song that was dropped, this new thing's focusing on these things. Now we can focus on the things of God because the Holy Spirit desires the things of God. Right. So if he desires the things of God, you're going to desire reading the word. You're going to desire. So now when the person cuts you off, Instead of cursing now, getting upset, or throwing them the birdie, or coming out uh, or, with your gun and, and, right. and throwing two in the, in the trunk, <laughs> right. right? So what happened? The Holy Spirit is gonna say, "No, we, we have, we're a new nature. Right. We don't behave this way mm-hmm. because now we have the power of the Holy Spirit, and He is determined to sanctify us and change us so that we don't have this carnal mind, this you know thinking of things of this world, mm-hmm. you know. Because the thing is, who are you feeding? Right, you know, you're saved now. You're born again now. But are you spending time in the Word? Are you spending time with other believers? Are you praying? Are you <clears throat> worshiping? You mm-hmm. know, or are you just watching TikTok? TikTok, or- <laughs> chill, son. You get caught in the TikTok rabbit hole, baby. You lose, you lose half a day in the TikTok. TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. TikTok. And, and, and all this is holiness because he because the God the Holy Spirit wants to glorify God the Father. Right. So and He's living in you, and His entire purpose is to glorify God the Father. So smashing a shorty is not glorifying the Father. Mm-hmm. You know. So if He's living in you, yeah, go ahead. So Ange, does that answer your question? Uh, verse six. <clears throat> yeah, the question. About, For to be carnally minded is death. About what carnal Christians? Yeah. No, I'm I'm about to get into that now because verse five, do you think that's talking where it says the first half of verse five, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Is that a believer? No. Right? Uh, okay. I don't think so either. I think that I think, think that's, that's a believer? an unbeliever that he's talking about here. I think a Christian, okay. a believer can walk spiritually and then can walk in the flesh. It's okay. impossible for an unbeliever to walk spiritually right right they can only walk in the flesh right okay so yeah. but what he what i think he's he he's talking about here two different people contrast because, right he's contrast, contrast yeah. because verse nine mm. sort of tells us that which we haven't read yet but this is why i want i'm against that whole theology of carnal christianity mm. it's because here in verse six it says for to be carnally minded is death mm-hmm. but to be spiritually minded is life and peace 
because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word enmity means at constant war, right? Against God. Mm -hmm. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. This verse 7 is not saying that Christians can be carnal. It's talking about people who are not saved because a Christian is not at constant war against God because we just read in the, in, in the end of verse seven, chapter, chapter 7 how there's a will to do good. You know that what God wants you to do is good, but you just can't do it because you have the flesh living inside of you still. So when it says that a carnal mind is enmity against God, to me, that's the unbeliever who's at constant war saying that the things of God are not good. I'm not believing that what God is saying is true. There is no war to try and be righteous. It's just war against God and his mm -hmm. laws. You guys see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm. Verse 7, just like you said, it's a contrast. Two types of people. Yeah. Right? And uh, for it to be... Uh, in verse 7, right? Yeah. Verse 7, the first part is talking about chapter 1. Mm. You know yeah. And going into chapter okay. 2. Yeah. And then it's saying that that person doesn't have peace with God. What was right. that? Chapter 5? Um, when you're talking yeah. about the right standing. Yes. When yeah. you're talking about yeah. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. you're in peace. Yep. While yes. we were Grace, yet sinners. Peace. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Bro. Paul is referencing everything he said and trying to put it together so that you mm. can understand. And there's two types of people. There's still the type of people that's progressively getting worse and hate God, even though nature screams yeah. out, God, God, God. Yeah. But what happened? You hate God. And in, in that state that you're in, dog, you at, you at war. And you're going to lose like Mike, Mike mentioned say, yeah. last week. Dog, God wins. <laughs> you could go in the end of the book. Yep. Spoiler. Yo, the Bible's a big spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yo, the Bible's yeah, a big spoiler big alert. Spoiler it tells alert. you how the movie ends. Mm -hmm. So, dog, you're 100% right. He's talking about... He's referencing the people he, he, already, he already described early on in this letter. Like, you're at enmity. You can't say that you're a Christian and it's talking about you're warring with God. How does... Right. No, you can't. Like, right. so I think it's impossible for a Christian to have a carnal mind. No such Once thing. Once you're mm. regenerated, your mind is spiritual. Mm. You know what I mean? So when people are like, yo, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, yet they're living years and years and years the same way they were living before. Bro, get back on your knees because something is wrong. And I say that just because... You know, I want everybody to be in heaven with me. You know what I mean? So don't those who think they're saved and they're not to me that that I have a heart for them more than the, the person who's yeah. saved, but doesn't think they're saved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right. those people um, you're going to wake up in heaven one day. The person who thinks they're saved right. is not right. So those people need to get it straight. And this is what this this is so beautiful, bro. Can't you? This is crazy. Right. Like, it's obvious what it's saying here. If you have a mind that's fighting against God and what he's, his good desires, bro, something's wrong. Yeah. And because the thing is that when a person is truly saved and the Holy Spirit, you know, he moves in. When he takes habitation in your life, he does something. 
right? The Holy Spirit does something. Cause if you, it, uh, and the thing is, he is involved in everything, right? Mm. And that's the thing where Paul is trying to say, we need to be fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. Because what happens is that, because imagine like if you invite a, uh, you have a visitor that come over and he's like, oh, you know, my house is your house. You know, you're allowed to, you know, go ahead. You know, fridge, whatever's in the fridge is yours. You know, it's all yours. And then, you know, you step out, you come back and then you see this visitor is in, you know, your finances or he's checking, you know, mm. your privacy. He's checking your love letters between you and your wife. Or mm. he's doing, you're like, wait, 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 that was it. That, that's not for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah you. All the common areas for you. Don't go but, in that room. Don't There's go, always but, rooms but, but where you tell room. the visitors, don't go in that <laughs> don't room. Don't go in that yeah, room. You can't go in that closet. Don't go in that room. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now the thing is that is that true believers now, they can't treat the Holy Spirit that way. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But a person that's unsaved, they, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? They don't even have that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There is none of that conviction that's happening, right? Like you're saying, yeah. you know, with the carnally minded. But- a true born again person, yo, the Holy Spirit is gonna start pointing his fingers in every room. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with your finances, your parenting, you know, all these things, your sex life, your work life, how you drive on the street, you know, uh <laughs> all these things, you know, now the Holy Spirit says, Yeah, I'm here. There are some Christians that you know believe in in a in a Jesus that has the power to save but not in the jesus that has a power to sanctify and that's wrong <laughs> because if he saved you well his word says that he's faithful and just to, to to finish what he started in us there is a sanctification process from day one to the day that you die and if you are not being sanctified to- so so he, so here it is like we bro i cannot determine who's saved or who's not saved i don't even care our desire is that everybody gets saved everybody everybody right that's god's desire that's god's desire and we want to align like the part let me read chapter five right it says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations pr- produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out mm. in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has get, who has who was given to us. Right. So the evidence of that love flows out of us. Mm. Right. So that's describing a christian person yeah. and we see the progression even in tribulation there's progression mm. now this part it says because the carnal mind is enemies with god dog you hate the laws of god yep the reason is going back mm-hmm. to the law because that's what's still convicting you that's the law is still there revealing that you're a sinner and you need to get saved and you can't save yourself and you're rejecting that you hate it Mm. right and because of the way you are right dog you cannot please god so then those who are in the flesh cannot please god that's totally opposite from five chapter five one to five like you're seeing two totally different people so it's kind of like listen read the scriptures read the word is that being produced in your life? 
right? And then later on, we got to stop here, but as you get into chapter eight, it talks about the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. Right. Listen, my spirit is not being is not bearing witness with your spirit or your spirit. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit so that I'm convinced in what God has done in my life. Mm, right. And based on that, based where I stand, the Holy Spirit is just using me to do whatever he wants. I'm a slave. Mm. Yep. I'm a slave. Yeah. Right. That's what it's us. And that's the difference between people that are saved and people that are not. Are you? That's something for you to decide. That's something for you to, to make the choice and decide. It's, we can only talk about it. We can only mm. read the word of God, proclaim it. We can only tell you it's a free gift. Mm. We can only tell you it's available. Right. As long as you're breathing, you could do it. You could do it right now. That's all we can do. Just but, proclaim. But I think the word, it shows you. You know, like if you put yourself according to the word, it'll tell you exactly where you fall. Because right. the word is very clear. Right. But it's about now what are you going to do when it, it, it reveals that. And it's the same thing like what Paul said, you know, when I saw I, when I saw the law, the law said I was I was coveting it. It, 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 it put me to death. Are you allowing the word of God to put you to death? Right. right. You know, because that's what the word of God is going to do. It's going to shed the light on the, the areas of your life where you're like, OK, this is not aligned with God or I'm not saved. Why? Wow, I thought I was saved this whole time. But the word of God clearly says that I'm not saved. Well, then go get saved, you so, know, and everything is here for you. Yeah, but you know, and it says it. But one thing I wanted to point out: seven where it says, "For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to mm. God." Mm. You know, it's at war with God. Right. It's not. You're not cool. Yeah, you know, you're not. not you're not. It's not. Oh yeah, I'm a child of God, and you know, and you could say all of that, like you know, Ange mentioned before. You could pop all the memes you want. You could send all the, 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 the. the you could say all the things you want. You could speak the Christianese as we always joke yep. about, but. If your mind is always set on the things of the flesh and you're not allowing the Holy Spirit, like Ralph beautifully mentioned, to, you know, yield yourself to it so it could produce the fruits, you're at enmity with God. And the reason is because you're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Boom. Right? Mm, boom. Because, because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for right. God has shown it. Like it's all there, baby. It's all there. It's all there. Very. Dog, you suppressing the truth. You could. We see it all day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like Mike said, this. If you get into this word, it'll be revealed to you. It'll show you exactly where you stand. And I, Jesus, he's talking about the rock. Mm-hmm. The rock is either gonna uh, right. It's gonna crush you. <laughs> what is it? What is it? It's gonna either crush you, right. fall on you, and. Or you fall on it. Or you, you fall, fall on, on it, it right. right. And it breaks you. Right, so when you fall on Jesus Christ, you're going to get broken. Right. right. Go to the back of the book to see the rock <laughs> falling on people. <laughs> <laughs> it said, yo, B, it says people was like, hide us from the wrath of the lamb, B. Hide us from the wrath of the lamb. But again, you know, that, you know that's where we ended. But it tells you, it says... You know, it's hostile to God and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What you're doing is not pleasing to God. If you're living in the flesh and you're at war with God and your mind is constantly set on the things of the world, it's constantly set on the things of God. You have no desire to do it God's way. Mm -hmm. You have no desire to do anything else, um, um, anything for God. Bro, 
At the end of the day, you're not pleasing to God. God is yeah. not looking down on you, smiling, shining right. on you. That's there's that's no not peace. the case. Right. Like in chapter five, right? There's no you peace and there's no peace. life. Yeah. And another quick thing to just throw out there, just because whenever we say um, doing things that are immoral, not pleasing to God, when you're in the flesh, it's not just talking about when it's saying in the flesh or the carnal mind. Doesn't always have to be dealing with fornication getting drunk right. or doing drugs it could be a person that loves his hobby it could be that that little old lady that drinks her tea and is the nicest lady on the block but has no desire for god but she just sits there she's not committing adultery she's not taking drugs she's not getting drunk but all she does is just drink her tea and ignore god or the golfer you know i just love my golf and <laughs> golf is on his mind. That's, that's all. That's why I cares said about. It's a thing of the mind. Right. You have people that are obsessed, obsessed. with, you know, like you said, I'm obsessed with winning an NBA championship. Right. I'm obsessed with winning a super. That's all. That's my identity. That's right. all I care about. Or I'm obsessed with making a million dollars, becoming a billionaire. Like the right. billionaire, I, I got to be a Billy status. I'm obsessed with it. And that's. Right. All you sit in your mind upon. That's why right. he says it. He's, that's why I pointed it out. Right. Dog. It's what you set your mind on. And it so it's everything. not necessarily like you said, going out. I'm not killing. You know, right. I'm not. I'm not fornicating. I'm not. Set. Yeah, I, but my, what is my mind set on? Right. And if you're not set on the things of God, that's why we constantly talk about you know heaven and 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 Jesus is coming. We say those things because that's what we're setting our mind on. And yeah. if I'll go you even have deeper no than thing that. that. What? Let me hear. Let's go. Oh, you could give all your money. <laughs> you could be in a soup kitchen every week. Right. You yeah. could do everything that's good. Right. It is impossible for an unsafe person to please God. There is nothing right. that an unsafe person can do to please God. And that's verse 8, chapter 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Right. It's not about what you're doing. Right. Right. You could be the greatest person person in the world yep yo you could surpass mother Teresa, all all the greats right yep if you're in the flesh none of that matters nope. none of it pleases nope. god it does not please god no way you okay. have to be born again spirit filled in order to please god and the holy spirit i must just a quick point like you know like you were saying when the holy spirit is in you he reveals that he reveals how you was your mind was not set on the things of God, mm -hmm. and He aligns you. And right. the things that He He tells you to do, or the things that you start following Him, you're like, I could be doing so much more though. You know, because yeah. in your in your flesh, you're like, yo, I could be uh, like you said, I could I could be out there giving millions and billions of dollars. And the Holy Spirit's like, nah, man, I just. I want you to go to church. I just want you, that church right there. I just want you to go in there every Sunday and sit down. And it's right. not now. It's who are you gonna obey? Now it's who are, who are you really following the spirit? Because a lot of times you have people that you know they think oh, I got to do something grandiose. I got to do something huge and big, like you said. And all these turkeys on Thanksgiving is gonna <laughs> or, or the toy drive. Yo, I got this toy drive that I do, and the I holy turkeys out. And the Holy Spirit is like, nah, man, I just Yo, want man. you to give out tracks on the train when you go to work. That's that's where we're at right now, me and you. Right. And you're like, nah, 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 I don't have to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. Right. Dog, it don't please God. And for the unsaved person, the Holy Spirit is, the only message the Holy Spirit is giving you is get saved. Word. He's right. not going to tell you anything else 
outside of that. Like, I, dog, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to walk that's, into that's, this. That's step one. That's step one. That's step one. You need to walk <laughs> into this door before I deal with you. Word up. Right. Yo, get saved. Yo, you're a sinner. You get can't baptized. Save. That's the, yeah. the mess, right? The, the um, ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world is conviction. Word. You're right. Right? Absolutely. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for enlightening your word. We pray that you um, let it go out there into the, the world and you multiply it and you bless it and that your name is glorified. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.